The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace. I'm Dr. Drayvon James, and I am super excited to have you here with us today as we do what we do every time we get together, and that is explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Can you even imagine living every day of your life in peace, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality? Well, I'm here to tell you that yes, it's possible. Yes, you deserve it. And yes, you can have everyday peace. We work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And let me tell you, when I first came up with the concept of everyday peace, it's not unique to me, I'm sure, but I was 17 years old. And I told you guys the story. I was 17 years old. I had just gotten accepted into pharmacy school and my brother who's a bit younger than me, gave me a book by Norman Vincent Peale, The Power, uh, uh, I'm sorry, it is, uh, oh gosh, it just left out of my mind. Hmm. Norman Vincent Peale's book, it'll come to me in a second, don't get old. <laughs> but anyway, he gave me this book and I, I read it so many times, this is the first time it's dropped out of my mind, but I'm sitting in a house that has, the air condition broke a week ago and I'm going mad, but so, this book changed my life. It changed my life because I was dedicated to health care and I've been a pharmacist for 30 years, still been very, very dedicated to health body, but it changed my, my life. And I decided to move into helping something deeper than the body. If you know what I mean, something beneath the body, something that drives the body, let's just call it the soul, our well-being in life. And much like our guest today, I fell in love with words, uh, specifically my self-talk, Way back then, I thought I was looking for the answer to never have another problem in my life. Well, you probably guessed how that turned out. I have had peace every day, and I have also had a lot of problems show up in my life. Sounds like an oxymoron, but I want you to stick with us on this channel, and you're going to discover how you can live at this place of peace, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, in the midst of what looks like chaos, because this is an internal process. With that being said, I'm super excited to share with you. You know, we talk about peace. We're talking about your whole life experience, and guess what? Your health, your wealth and your relationships. And if you're someone who is hankering to do the next level of greatness in your career with your knowledge, and you want to use what you've been served in life 
to serve and aid other people, then you need to stick around for the whole show today because we have a fabulous show today. And I'm going to read you the bio of our amazing guest today. Miss Aurora Winter is the author of six books. And uh, we're going to be talking about one of those books today, Thought Leaders Launch, but also seven ways to make seven figures with your million dollar message. That just grabbed my attention. Seven ways to make seven figures with your million dollar message. So each of us has a story. We do, right? So seven ways to make seven figures with your million dollar message. I love that title. She is frequently featured on major media, things like Oprah, right? Oprah Radio, ABC, CBS, and many, many others. She is a successful serial entrepreneur. Aura Aurora launched, launched, excuse me, launched startups in three different industries, in the film industry, boats, and training. Enchanted by the power of words, she has been writing since she was nine years old. Following this passion led her to become a TV writer, producer, publisher, coach, speaker, and author. Three quotations she lives by, three quotations she lives by. I'm sorry, guys, I think the heat is getting to me. <laughs> if you can read and think and communicate, you can absolutely 100% you're unstoppable. There is nothing more economically valuable than teaching people how to communicate. I got to agree with that. That was said by Jordan Peterson, but I think communication is key to everything. Talent is born. It, talent isn't born. It's grown. That's got to be comforting to all of us. For those people who think, I'm just not born with that gift, it is grown, which means that you can be taught if you want to be teachable. And that was said by Daniel Coyle. I think everyone should write a book, Sir Richard Branson. And we, and that, I think, is the perfect quotation to just bring Aurora Winter on because that's what she helps people do, launch their books and many other things. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Oh, it's so great to be on the show with you today, and I can totally relate. When you're too hot, it's like you're just melting. It's hard hard to deal with that when the air conditioner goes out. It's hard to be peaceful. I know if anybody could do it, you could do it. But it's <laughs> Thank you for feeling my discomfort. I mean, I'm like melting into a, a puddle here, but that's okay. I enjoy what I do, so it makes it all bearable, and I'm so wonderfully blessed to get to spend an hour in the presence of people like yourself who do amazing, amazing things. So I, I wanted to say that at nine years old, you fell in love with words and that's taking you a lot of places. Like how did that come, how did that come about? Before we get into the book, just a little bit about you, because that, that's really a blessing to know at nine that this is this is what I love. I know, right? Well, there's a little story there, which I think you'll find uh find interesting. So as a nine-year-old, I was completely entranced by C.S. Lewis's Narnia series, which starts with the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is quite well known. But I think there's about seven books in that series. And I remember exactly where the books were on the library shelf and kind of having to, you know, get up on my tippy toes to, to reach it because I was just a kid. And I remember the feeling as I took down the last book in that series, I had this mixture of anticipation, but also anticipatory grief because that was the last book in the series. And as I touched the book, I just was flooded with appreciation 
for how magical it would be, or it was, for C.S. Lewis to be able to transport their readers to another time and place just with little black dots on a white piece of paper. And I thought, wow, I would so love to be able to do that or even have a fraction of C.S. Lewis's uh, talent. And in that moment, I determined that I would do everything I could to become the best writer I could possibly be. Unfortunately, not as great as C.S. Lewis, but nonetheless, as you also agreed with, communication is such a key skill and everybody needs to communicate whether they want to write books or whether they just want to speak or whether they want to interview people as you're doing. You know, if we can speak and write and communicate and think and read, we are unstoppable. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And already we have something amazingly in common. If, if my mom is listening, which she is always listening, she was probably smiling from ear to ear because that was my favorite book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh. And I also read, and it captivated me to uh, just, oh, it changed I, another book that really changed my childhood because I, I was in love with reading, but I fell in love with his style of writing and just the whole, uh, that book collection to this day. <laughs> it remains one of my favorite mm-hmm. books my favorite writers so yeah so then you you get this passion for writing and I don't want to waste a lot of time uh, with a lot of other stuff sometimes I like to do a lot of background stuff but you have so much to offer and your book is so wonderful and I know that there are people that are listening today that are wanting to know how to launch their next level of greatness and I think this is the perfect time you know we've had the the COVID-19 pandemic and some people, I happen to work in healthcare and I've seen some of the devastation that it's done and the lives that it's taken. Some people mm-hmm. think that we're yeah. on the end of that. Some people think that it's going to be another surge and wherever you are in that, there are still people who are saying that I now realize that there's not a second to waste. I mm-hmm. now realize that there's not a second to waste on my building, my my nest egg or my security blanket or getting my message out there so that I could help somebody else. But I, and, and at the core of that is that maybe what I'm currently doing isn't as safe as I thought it was. Right? <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> I think most people, you know, their jobs have the illusion of safety, but as the coronavirus pandemic has pointed out to so many people, it was just an illusion and you're only two weeks away from your last paycheck. Um, yeah, I, I believe that we are all leaders. We are leaders by default or we are leaders by design. And I vote for the by design part for everybody to really step into, you know, the ongoing process of living up to your full potential because we're never done until, you know, we take our last breath. At least that's my point of view. And so Thought Leader Launch, my, my latest book, really invites people to, you know what, you've probably been thinking about writing a book, why not now? And then it walks through seven different models showing a bunch of examples of how many people have made seven figures with their books in a variety of different ways. Uh, Because I think a lot of people think, well, it's going to take a lot of time to write a book, and then how am I going to sell that many books? Most people think that they... um, that New York Times bestselling authors and other authors make most of their money from book sales. But in fact, that is a myth. 
That's simply not true. Uh, surprisingly, even famous authors make 85% of their revenue from other sources. And I'm not a famous author. I'm not a New York Times bestselling author, but I have made seven figures from my books because they're basically business cards and uh, they attract to me people who resonate you know, with what I stand for, and then if I can serve them further with more training or coaching or events or, or online training or what have you, then they're attracted. But it's also, you know, if people are not spiritual or they're not growth-minded or they don't want to live up to their full potential, they probably won't like what I have to say. So it's a filter uh, mechanism. And, you know, like you, I fell in love with books very young. And so anything I could do to encourage people to share their story, hopefully in a book, but even in a talk or in a blog or in your videos or in whatever, some way, because I think most people think, well, who am I? I've got nothing to say. Nobody would want to know my story. That's simply not true. Most people have a very interesting story. They just have too many words around the story and they, and they can benefit from uh, distilling it to its essence so that it can resonate with others. I want to spend just a second there because that is what I hear a lot from people is that I don't have anything that I've done. And mm. it always makes me just like, oh, in the pit of my stomach just starts rumbling because, of course, you've done so much. You've just done it so well till you've made it look easy. Like Michael Jordan, you know, on the basketball court, that's a lot of talent, but he makes it look like anybody could do it. And we become such a professional navigating our own lives to we take for granted that anybody would know this and anybody could do this. And so how do you get people to slow down and realize, pick through their stories and say, look, there is genius right here. This was extraordinary. How do you get them to see that in their own story? Well, how I do it is I find that most people there, you know, they've been taught to be self-deprecating. Or their actual, their area of genius, as you just pointed out, their area of genius is easy to them. So they assume, well, everybody can do that. And so that's not true. So I found a lot of people benefit. I have a, a write your book course. Uh, that's a three month long course and people get videos and then they get one-on-one -on -one coaching either with myself or with one of the other author coaches on my team. Because I think that it's very personal writing your book and I wanted to be able to provide one-on-one -on -one support as people, you know, go through the, the written material and the video training, but then get, get the opportunity for myself or another coach to pull out the gems that are in their story. Like most people think that writing a book is about getting down your ideas, but what most people don't understand is that actually discovering what you have to say is the really great, amazing part of writing a book. So it's a process of discovery initially, and I love to invite people to look through the history of their life for the turning points, the highs and the lows, and then, um, you know, uh, uh, distill the, the gold. That's not the right word, distill, mining, anyway, using the mining metaphor, attempting to, not having the right words at hand, I guess, uh, even though the air conditioning is working here. <laughs> so, you know, to pull out the gold of the wisdom and the insight and then let go of the, the dirt of, you know, the divorce or the disappointment or the getting passed over promotion or the miscarriage or whatever. And when people do that through an ongoing process, with encouragement and also guidance for, for you know, uh, their structures to 
to to create a, a story that will stand. There's like a structure, just like building a house has a blueprint and the structure, stories have structures too. And so I find I, I just love doing this because most people are kind of like, oh, shucks, I've got nothing to say at the beginning. And then as we work together, they're like, well, yeah, I want to share that message. And well, yeah, I learned that really important thing. And I want my grandchildren to know that. And well, yeah, I do repeat myself ad nauseum at work. And wouldn't it be nice if I put that in a book or a series of videos or a TED talk and didn't have to explain it a hundred times because that gets boring. Um, so I hope that starts to answer that question. Yeah. That is amazing. It's, so it sounds to me you're, <laughs> in addition to all of the other things that you're an expert at, you're an expert listener and your staff must be too, because you're listening for the things. It seems to me that you have the ability in your staff as well to listen for in between the lines, sort of, yeah. uh, to the story that's not told overtly like okay i hear everything you're saying but in between this is what i'm actually here this is what you're actually saying you're not using these words but as me as a listener i see all this gold here that you kind of lumped into these details the details are one thing but this is really what happened here it's interesting how life exactly. I feel like life is yeah life is that way don't you find that you know you you mentioned a few things that we call tragedies you know uh, divorce or losing a job or you know miscarriage or getting passed up for for a promotion and on the surface those things look like tragedies we would not wish that on anyone i have been through many of those <laughs> but um, yeah. would not wish that, wish that on anyone but uh, underneath there is really something beautiful Right. Mm -hmm. There's something beautiful yeah. in being the teller of the story, which well, then you really own the story. And then, yeah. you know, this is why it's important to me that, you know, that I'm a coach and that the, uh, the author slash coaches on the team are also coaches, because sometimes when you're looking through that gold, you know, you put your hand in and then it. Oh, there's a, like a, a shard of glass in there, you know, that I still haven't resolved from, say, a divorce. And that's why people don't necessarily ex excavate their past. But when they have a safe space and a framework to do so, it's like their whole life changes. Like I find the writers that I work with or the, you know, the, the blossoming authors that I'm working with, they change. They, they, they uh, resolve their past wounds and claim their insights and the consciousness or the awareness or the spirituality or whatever the gifts may be and they become like more coherent more grounded more more themselves less foggy <laughs> about who they are um maybe that's too metaphorical but that's my experience that people are kind of like foggy about who they are and what they stand for and what yeah. they care about and what they've learned and as, even before their book is published, they become more defined, more radiant. It sounds so clear to me. And you're right. That's why you're a coach also, because that's what happens in this process is that you, the end goal is this book, but this beautiful byproduct that you're going to get, which is going to be, they say priceless, is that you, you are going to be introduced to you. Exactly and right. That that awareness, that awareness, oh my gosh, is that's priceless. And some people get to the end of their life and never get to meet themselves. They always get to meet exactly. the person that somebody else thinks they are. Right? You so get me. You so get me. I, I love that. Well, most people are like yearning to be seen 
to be heard, to be recognized, to be appreciated. But the first step is to do that for yourself, to see, hear, recognize, and appreciate yourself. And, you know, sometimes it takes a coach to help you through that. And I love doing that with people and helping them not only just have those epiphanies and those shifts, but then also, hey, how about finishing the book and publishing a book and claiming a new identity as a published author and as a thought leader? And especially for people who are running a business or who are considering running a business or even people who want to enhance the value of their brand, uh, whether they're in a career or whether they want to work in a nonprofit or volunteer in a nonprofit, having a book is a game changer. So there's that second part of it, which is you also get a book. Yay! <laughs> you get a book. And I think that's so wonderful. Now, what do you say to people? And I hope the people who I talk to are listening right now. And what do you say to people who say that, oh, reading books is passe. People are just not reading books anymore. What do you say to that? People who say, you know, what? I, my story's interesting. I get it. But I don't want to write a book because I just don't think anyone's reading a book anymore. Well, I'm so glad that you said that. And that's why it was so hard for me to title my book, because initially I wanted to call it your book, your brand, your business. But then I'm like, well, it's not just about books, though. It's about communicating. It's about videos. It's about audios. And uh, you kind of hit the nail on the, on the head right there. What, it, what, it, what matters to me is that the person owns their own story. Most people have a hero's story. They just maybe don't see it at the beginning. And, and then provides that window into what they stand for to the world in a way that is one to many. And so a book, I mean, I adore books, but I'm completely biased, I would admit that. Um, a book is great because an, a book is like a seed. A book is like an idea virus. A book is like a seed from a pine tree. You know, it can go through a fire a hundred years later, a thousand miles away, that pine seed can grow into a pine tree. That's what's cool about books. They, they, you open a book and the person, even if they, you know, are, are many years after you've died, can, can be transported to, to that place. And they are, they're part of your legacy. Uh, audiobooks are really hot right now. Audiobook demand grew 16% last year. It's been growing double digits. So every book, I think, should also be an audiobook. And that is a really convenient format. I was kind of stunned to realize as I looked at my phone yesterday, holy moly, I am listening on average to like four hours per day of audio material, audiobooks, and podcasts. So I agree. And then I am also, my background is a film and television writer producer. So I also encourage people to shoot videos or I have my team shoot videos for them so that you get your message really clear and then you put it in different lengths, in different formats, in little bite-sized pieces in a video, for example, or a longer segment if Joe Rogan interviews you for two hours, you know, or an hour-long uh, thing, or, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. So for me, it's really about stepping into leadership, owning your message, learning how to communicate clearly and articulately so that you attract the people that you would like to serve in your business or the people you'd like to work with or whatever the case may be on a business front, and then having it in the book, in the audiobook, in videos, and in all kinds of formats. Oh, that's beautiful. So there's that answer. 
if you're a person like you and I, you know, we love to, I, I like to hold a book, but I'm a big fan of audiobooks now because I can work out, I can do a thousand other things mm-hmm. and still listen to the book. And so, but if I really love the book, I'm probably still going to buy it. There's just something nostalgic about that <laughs> to me, just having the book on my shelf. But uh, yeah, so there's something in there for everyone. So for those who, who like to do the video, this is really about getting your story out there, getting your message out there. And, and I want to, uh, say ask a question i think we have just a few more minutes before we go to the break we're, we're talking about all genres of books or do you stick to a particular genre um in order to make seven figures with your book it's great if it's non-fiction and if you have a business or you might be interested in starting a business so my clients who have businesses you know oftentimes generate seven figures with ease from their book within a year uh, it's a little bit harder to make seven figures with a poetry book, but my my also I, I do love writing fiction, so I love helping people with screenplays or with fiction. Um, and uh, if you are a business owner and you're already running a six or seven figure business, it's like duh, you need a book. Right. Okay. So it makes it makes a difference. So you will help anyone, but if you if you're listening today and you you're wanting to go to that seven figure mark in your income and you write a set a nonfiction book, that would be easier to do is what I'm hearing than someone who wrote a fiction book. And that makes sense because we're talking about people who are moving business and they have a business service. And so that really does make sense. I love the idea that you do screenplays. I have to just say I'm working on a screenplay yeah. right now. Uh, so there you are. Yes, yes. I, I my um, husband and I did two uh what do they call them? Uh, no budget films, independent films. Okay. And so uh that was a number of years ago and I just had this incredible idea. Of course you always think all your ideas are incredible when you're a writer. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I had this idea that I just thought was simply incredible and I started um, writing that out. So I'd love to uh, talk to you about that. So yeah, so we're talking about you know, getting your getting out of your way, getting out of your way and then moving into writing a book. And I gotta say that it's not uh, the first thing that pops in a lot of people's mind. Me as a coach and as a inspirational speaker, I just happened to one day be sharing my ideas with someone and they said to me, you ought to write a book. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not interested in writing a book. I just speak. I you know, I do some workshops, but not a book. But I did find after I wrote this little tiny book, less than 100 pages, it really changed my, my business. We'll come right back after this message and we're going to talk more about how you can move to the next level of greatness with your book. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James and our Fabulous guest today, Aurora Winter, and we're 
are talking about positioning yourself as a thought leader with your book, which doesn't just have to be a book that you hold in your hand, which I absolutely love, but we're talking about audio books, videos, anything that gets your story out there and positions you as a thought leader in your industry so that you can command the next level of recognition. And that, of course, brings in more revenue so you can do more good for the universe. We're all about how our lives can help and service other people's lives. So during the break, we were talking about how when I wrote my book, I I didn't decide, I didn't wake up one day and say, well, I want to be an author. Somebody sort of pushed me to it. And the words that he used was this. He said, the book is the invitation that gets you to the party. And he was mm-hmm. right. It was the invitation. He said, without the without the invitation, you, you kind of are knocking at the door and begging. He said, when you have the book, it's like the invitation. People are like, oh, yeah, well, come on and talk about the book. Come on and talk about the book. And so more people started mm-hmm. opening up and I started doing more keynote speaking and more workshops because I had the book. Do you find that um, you work with people who are at different levels of success in their career where a book, even if they're starting out, a book elevates them? Oh, yeah. I mean, the root of the word authority is author. So if you're an author, you automatically have authority. And anybody can write a book, just like anybody, you know, could get a a master's degree. But most people don't, because it's time consuming to get clear uh, and to invest that time in yourself and your own brand and your own message. But people who, like yourself, have taken the time to write a book, even if it's a short book, you got more clear on what you had to say, you finished it, so you are a published author, and it is appropriate that people would respect you for that accomplishment and that achievement. So I find, you know, um, a lot of my clients, they come to me like, well, I don't know, somebody else could say that, or, or what have I got to say that hasn't already been said by Jesus and Rumi and, you know, whoever else, and it's, it's, like, you wouldn't say that at a dinner conversation. Like, why should I speak up? Because somebody else right. probably said it. Yeah, but you cannot help but express who you are through the flavor of your word choices and what matters to you and the passion uh, that you express yourself with. So it doesn't matter if you are filtering ideas that you received from Jesus or Rumi or whoever the case may be. I mean, obviously, you will attribute uh, if you completely quote another person, but it's valuable. Like you had said while we were off the air, you know, initially you didn't, you resisted writing your book because you thought, well, I'm just repeating, you know, really wise things that I've learned along the way. Yeah, but you're the one who learned them. You're the one that, that, uh, that stuck to your heart and mind. And so you're the one who gets to share your message. And, and besides, it's also, I think it's the most valuable thing we can do for others is to share our own story and, and what we learned from it and what we wouldn't do again, given a choice and what worked out surprisingly, uh, these kinds of things. You know, you've got an, an interesting story. I have a bunch of interesting stories. And as we sh- authentically share our own experience, it helps others. It helps shave time and concern and worry from their own path. It really does. And I want to add, because I, I felt that, and I think a lot of people feel that, all this has been said before, but this is what I've come to learn and know about life, is that 
sometimes you could say hear something said a thousand times but the way your particular way of saying it only reaches certain people they could hear it a thousand times but it didn't really land on fertile soil mm -hmm. with them they weren't able to receive it until they heard it from you it's just something the way you communicate and it could be the same thing that was said by 10 trillion other people of course using your own brand of how you say it and it resonates with certain people so i think that's so very important to realize that your gift, this is my belief, and you can tell me if you believe this, but I believe that your gift is never really for you. It's for someone mm -hmm. else. And if you keep it, if you don't step out of your comfort zone and share it, you really do someone else a disservice. So it's not exactly about, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I mean, that's why I, I titled this book, you know, Thought Leader Launch, because I think we do have a responsibility, which is a delightful thing, to contribute to others. It's not just about ourselves. Exactly right. And so we, and have, mm -hmm. so we have a caller on the air who's been here for just a minute. I want to grab him and get him on here. And right. let's see. Hello, you're on the air Hello. with our fabulous guest today. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Another great show as usual. So I have a question for um your guest. I've written two books, two fiction novels, and the first, and I've submitted them to <clears throat> I submitted the the you know the the copies to agents and they were turned down. So I, that didn't stop me. I just self published them. But listening to you and you're talking about um, it's it seems like it's more beneficial to write nonfiction than it is fiction. But I'm really proud of the books that I've written, and so I guess I want to know. Like, what do I do next? I, you know, I'm not, not really good. I don't think at marketing books. I really haven't. I guess I really haven't tried writing those books. Is sort of like a bucket list thing at first, but you know, right. people have read them and said that they're pretty good. And so I just want to know what to do next in regards to fiction. Sure, I'd be glad to answer that question. I could give a better answer if I know a little bit about what do you do for for your career. Is that completely unrelated to your books, or? Yes, they are. Hold okay. On. Well, in that case, go ahead. If you just want to sell more books, then what you need to do is learn how to market books. And there's an uh, there's some really great podcasts. Like if you just Google on podcasts, like self publishing uh, tips or self publishing show, you can learn okay. a lot about book marketing for free. Uh, Mark okay. Dawson's got a great course that I'm taking right now about book marketing on, you know, Amazon ads and this and that and all these kind of complicated things. But if you just okay. uh, Google book marketing, uh, book marketing and listen to okay. the book marketing podcast, you you can learn a lot. Um, okay. And you can make six or seven figures selling a book if it's a really great fiction. And keep on writing. You know, we get better and better the more books we write. And sometimes people, you know, hit it after they've written 13 books. So two is right. great. Okay. Keep it up. All right. Keep it well, up. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for being a regular caller and for showing up as an everyday peacemaker. You're welcome. Bye-bye. I, I, I picked up on something that you said there, at least I think I did, when you asked, um, what do you do for a living? And is your fiction book, could it in any way be tied to what you do for a living? And mm -hmm. I don't know what Dan Brown did for a living. Uh, it keeps popping in and out of my head. So I keep losing <laughs> it. But 
uh, before he wrote his his books there. But I could see how if you were, um, let's say you were an attorney and you wrote, well, there it is. John Grisham was an attorney and he That's wrote right. all those crime books, right? Mm-hmm. And you could sort of tie that in because here you are, you're a subject matter expert in the law. And now you're writing these law thrillers, these, you know, and sort of it seems to me that you could kind of tie that in very nicely. Is that what you were saying to the caller? Yeah, I, I guess it, you know, leaves a, a little bit more time to than permitted to really explore that with him. But you're quite right on your example. So, for example, somebody who's a lawyer who's written a fiction book, he could he or she could could speak about creativity in a typically non-creative setting. You know, he, he could speak about the value of listening to your client's stories. I mean, it's, it's not exactly directly related to the fiction book, but it's close enough that it could add value to the community of lawyers and be something to be paid to speak about or that kind of a thing. So, you know, teachers and um, Many people have something to share beyond what they've written in their book, and one step away from it, from a non, from a fiction book, would say be creativity. Or what is his book? Or what what are the themes in his book? Like if they, if they're maybe fiction, but maybe it's a, a trip to Greece. I don't know. You talk about travel. Like there's usually something one or two steps away that you could add value if you'd like to. Not everybody is excited like me about teaching and training and sharing with others. So I can respect if people, you know, just want to write another book because that's the way, you know, if you're a good writer and you keep on writing, eventually, if you just learn the basics of marketing, uh, you can succeed. I mean, most people still think that the best way to get their book out is to get an agent and then to get a big New York publisher. But what they don't understand is two things. One, if you have a paperback book with a big publisher, your royalties will be about 7%. If you publish your book on, say, Amazon, your royalties will be 70%. That's 10 times more. (laughs) So with that 10 times more, you can afford to advertise on Amazon or the other uh, stores, you know, iBooks and, and Kobo, et cetera. And, and, and you can give books away. When you are published by a big publisher, you cannot afford to market because they're taking all the money, but they won't necessarily market you either. So I think that the market hasn't totally caught up, but I think there's no stigma to being self-published anymore. It's the entrepreneurial thing to do. And many people have made seven figures with their book. For example, Mel Robbins, she self-published a couple of her books and she sold a million copies. David Goggins, he was told, he said the worst advice that he was ever given was by a New York agent who told him that if he self-published his book, he would only sell 5,000 copies. Uh, David Goggins decided to self-publish, not because he uh, necessarily wanted to make more money, but he he didn't want to lose control. He didn't want to lose the copyright of his own life story. So he self-published and then he went on a bunch of podcasts and he sold over a million copies of his book and 600,000 copies of his audio book. So if he had listened to that agent, it would have maybe cost him, I don't know, 10 or $20 million. Right. So self-publishing, so... I mean, not everybody knows it, but self-publishing is definitely the way for a go-getter to go. 
Now, that's great news because a lot of people do have a lot of stigma around self-publishing. They feel like, well, the you know the big houses didn't pick it up. It, it's probably not that great. But what I hear you saying is financially, you may want to, even if they do want to pick it up, you may want to really look at that and see whether or not that's in your best benefit. And I want to go back to something that you said in the very beginning, because I want to make sure that our listeners got this piece because it stuck out in my mind that 85% of the money that you're going to generate associated with this book is not coming from book sales. It's exactly right. Other things that you're going to get, get invited to other opportunities that opened up for you as a result of you having published a book. That's huge. <laughs> That's one of the things that I, I feel like I really want people to know that uh, because most people think, Oh, it's, it's all about selling books. Well, selling books, I think it's, it's uh, fine, but that it's like selling a business card. Like a book, especially a nonfiction book, is really a business card, but that is not going to go into the garbage two seconds after you give it to the person because it's valuable. It's got some useful information in it. So whether somebody is a uh, you know a Wayne Dyer or a Louise Hay or a John Grisham, you know 85% of their revenue would typically come from speaking, consulting, and other things, um, and if you are an author like me who has not made the New York Times list, 85% of my revenue comes from other things. So just to tweak the thinking is how can you add value with your book or your videos or your audiobook? How can you contribute to others? And how can that become a magnet drawing towards you the team or the investors or the clients or the opportunities that you would like? And how can it repel people who don't resonate with you? For example, if you're spiritual, you know, you want to express that in your book so that people who are atheists, maybe, you know, if that's important to them, (laughs) steer clear. So, yeah, it's, yeah. You're attracting the people who would benefit from the services that you have uh, offer and it's a win-win situation. I just want to say we're listening. We're today we're talking to Aurora Winter and she is a phenomenal coach, author, um, just a phenomenal resource to help you get to the next level in your endeavors in life and and using a book as a vehicle to get there. So that's really important because a lot of people have a lot of dreams and they don't know how to go to the next level. So I think that's very, very important that we know that. So in your book, you said something that I thought was really, really interesting that was a little scary, uh, but... but (laughs) for the novice, but I thought was very interesting. And it was, you gave this example about exponential change and understanding Mm -hmm. this concept, how it could really, and these are my words, but uh, put you uh, heads and shoulders above um, where you are now into your success. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that was, I, I don't know, maybe near the beginning of the book, but I thought that was very, very interesting concept that maybe people like myself don't even understand the impact and the story that you gave about the king was really really good (laughs) oh yeah that is a good story um it is amazing how we our brains just are wired to think in a linear fashion and we don't understand it's not easy for a human being's brain to understand exponential But things are changing exponentially. And so the most important thing is to learn how to learn and to 
the old paradigm, which, you know, was when I went to school and when my parents went to school that you get a degree and then you do that for the rest of your life, that's over. Now, can I find the exact details on that, that story about the king? Anyway, it, it is quite a good one. I'll see if I can uh, paraphrase yeah, it or you well, can talk in with the DPC. Yeah, well, they're, they're playing chess. The inventor's playing chess with the king. And... Uh, and the inventor, you know, the chess, the king is really excited about the game and he offers the inventor anything that he wants. And the inventor says that he'll take a grain of rice on each, uh, I, I want to say, space on the board. I think there are 65 yeah, spaces. square on this chessboard, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so exponentially, so he gets to, it goes up by, you know, every time he goes to another square, so the next square, it's two grains of rice. And the next square after that is four grains of rice. The next square after that is eight grains of rice. And so by the time he gets, and, and the king doesn't understand what the inventor is doing, but this story really impacted me because I thought, wow, does life, I mean, could life? <laughs> really work this way, you know, um, is that he was growing at a rate that the king couldn't even conceive that you could grow like this. Here, these were these little bitty, you were asking for so little, but it was producing so much. It, I guess that's exactly the way I look right. at the king. The king was looking at, you're not even asking for, it's kind of like a joke. Oh, give him two grains of rice, give him four grains of rice. But when you got to the end of that board, it's like, we don't have enough rice to supply you, sir. We yeah, don't have to bankrupt the entire kingdom because, yeah, that's the power of the exponential growth. And this is something I think people tend not to update their view of the world. You know, they still keep the same ideas as 10 years ago. But, for example, in the publishing industry, things are changing so rapidly. When I first started in, in publishing, it was almost impossible to get book distribution. But now with Amazon and Apple Books and various places, it, it distribution is easy. And you don't have to buy 5,000 books and have them in your garage. You can print on demand. And with audiobooks like growing 16% per year, like it doesn't take very many years before you have an enormous demand for those audiobooks. And I think that's another way, like when people listen to your voice or they listen to my voice, there's another layer of connection happening with the inflection and the energy and the passion. And that's a great way to build know, like, and trust. So people, uh, you know, not just get the information on the page, but can also hear you on an audiobook or see you if you shoot videos. And uh, it's interesting because this book, Thought Leader Launched Seven Ways to Make Seven Figures with Your Million Dollar Message, the first draft of this book was actually videos that I shot. And then I was like, oh, I like those videos. I transcribed my videos. And then I had a first draft of the book. And then I, you know, I wrote about that amount again, so doubled the length of the book. But I've done that with several other books. Like I, I'm a coach and I had, uh, I have a, a I have a process called the Peace Method, which I thought you would like. It's five steps. Yes, I and love it's a that. Coaching process called the Peace Method, and so I had um, audios of me coaching my my clients using the Peace Method, and so I I transcribed those audios and changed the the names for privacy, and you know that was part of the book because I think people like, I think people like it to be real. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to say, oh, you were saying a lot of people uh, think they're not writers and they're not. I, I want to separate the person whose expertise it is or whose experience it is from the person who's the word wrangler. So you, 
and everybody has the right to offer their life experience or their expertise. And what I recommend people do is that they talk their book, they dictate their book first, or with some of my thought leader clients, I interview them. I get the idea of the best way we could do their story. I run the the title and the subtitle by them, and if they like it, then I interview them for a day or two, and then they're done with their book. And I take the audios away, transcribe them, and add more, you know, facts and polish it up, and bingo, there you have a book. So, for example, I did that with some clients who were dentists in San Diego after finding out that their ideal client was somebody over 40 who would typically spend, you know, 100 times more than somebody who's 25. And we we created a book, Keys to a Healthy Smile After 40. And as a direct and indirect consequence of positioning them as authors and authorities and experts, their business grew from $1.5 million to $6 million. So, and I know who they are simply, simply because of you. Yeah. And I, I want to say uh-huh. that, that because I, I, I went and I Googled them. I started following them. Because, and that's how I think it's so important. I love what you just said there. And I want our listeners to really get that. You know, and I, I hadn't heard that word, that phrase, word wrangler. But essentially, you got an idea. You're busy. You you got the story. You got the life experience. Aurora and her team have the skills as writers. Let us interview you for a couple of hours, two days, and we'll pull all that out of you. We'll write that book. We'll put your story. Is you've you've just written it. You've written it while we were interviewing you. We'll put the words on the paper for you, and voila. Mm-hmm. So I love this. I love this service that you are providing because I know that there are people out here right now who are doing jobs. There are accountants who are doing jobs who could be at another level if they were recognized as an expert in their field, right? Mm -hmm. Just from writing a book and having it positioned properly, you know, but they say, oh, I don't have the time because I do know, you know, I used to own drugstores. I know what it takes to just run the business, right? But then right. you do have a lot. When you run your own business, you know a lot about what your clientele needs and a lot about what somebody who's coming behind you would like to know and need to know prior to going into that same Absolutely. business. Wouldn't it be great to share that? <laughs> and it's a way actually it's a way actually to save time over time because you leverage your expertise. And, and get it in a book or get it in an audio book or get it in some videos or all of the above. And then you don't have to repeat yourself again and again and again. You know, like, yeah, and I love doing this because I think it's true that an expert doctor or pharmacist or dentist or, you know, entrepreneur probably don't have time to go back and learn the basics of writing and story structure and pull out as good of a book as their story deserves. But they do have time to be interviewed. And I love, you can probably tell, I love people. I love to find out what makes them tick and where's the gold and their history and what have they overcome and what did they learn and what what would their wise self tell their 20-year-old self and these kinds of things, you know, people can answer questions easily. And if their answer is boring, then we don't put it in the book. And if their answer is, is good, which usually is a bit of training, then that makes the that makes the cut. But I just want to um, finish my thought, which is actually it's a way to save time. Because, for example, those 
those dentists that you know, Dr. Janice and Justine Doan are in San Diego, A-plus family dentistry, give them a little plug, I love these people. They, um, you know, they were telling the same stories to the same patients over and over again. But, you know, on a good day, if somebody came in at 10 a.m. and they told the story, they'd say it nicely. But if it was like 6 p.m. on a Friday, maybe they wouldn't have time. And so it's a way to save time and to get your stories and your messages and, and the, the most important things that everybody asks you that you have to keep repeating, told once, told properly, and then you capture it in various fixed formats. So you do it once and you can send it out on social media or through the book, you know, thousands of times or hundreds of thousands of times or perhaps even millions of times because the cost of distribution is almost zero for videos, audios and ebooks. Oh, this has just been an amazing hour. They always go by way too fast. We have about two minutes left and I know I've been talking a lot about really encouraging people to contact you and your company because I firmly believe that everybody, when you were talking about the dentist, I just thought about women who are having their first child, who had who had one child, a woman who's had five children. There's a great story there, right? That <laughs> you are a position yeah, as an expert. You should be writing a story about that about that that somebody else could benefit from, right? And so, how can people contact you uh, who are interested in learning more about uh, launching their a book and going to their next level of greatness? Oh, thanks for asking. So my website is my name, aurorawinter.com, A-U-R-O-R-A-W-I-N-T-E-R.com. We're just putting the finishing touches on a new website called thoughtleaderlaunch.com. And, you know, if people want to learn more, my book is on Kindle Unlimited right now. So if you're a Kindle Unlimited uh, Amazon customer, it's free. Uh, And the book is Thought Leader Launch, Seven Ways to Make Seven Figures with Your Million Dollar Message. With that being said, this has been Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I absolutely love you. Thank you for showing up as an everyday peacemaker. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.